0: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by celery, the show that is never, ever, ever, ever drinking at the football again, ever. And that is all I'm prepared to say about the matter. Uh, The two gentlemen with me tonight know what I'm talking about. Anyway, more of that later. What a difference two games and a bloody long holiday in North America make. Uh, Last time I was here, we were in depression about the witless defeat to Arsenal. Now we can talk about two wins, two clean sheets, and a very good performance. Is this all down to Conte's four, th- four, three, four, Fuck Jesus Christ, if I get my teeth in tonight, I'll be a star, isn't it? Is this all down to Conte's three four three system, or is it that he's found the right players to play his way and discarded those who can't or won't? Either way, I'm happy, but then I would be. I've just had three weeks off. Uh, I'm Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea fancast. Victory Moses. Tumbleweed. It's good to be back. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on, I we have a, a slightly reduced uh, fan cast tonight, largely because um, I was away and I just didn't have time to get my act together and, and do the schedule as I like to do. Um, but I'm delighted. I'm delighted that we have. Uh, he was kind of a semi partner in crime on Saturday, but he very sensibly departed the pub. Uh, before it descended into a messy meltdown. Mr. Dan Silver.
1: Good evening, my man. Hey, D.
0: I'm, I'm doing better than I was on Saturday night and Sunday morning, mate. That's for sure. Uh, and uh, I'm also joined, as i always delighted to be joined, by the legend it is, uh, Mr. Mark Worrell, a uh, renowned Chelsea author and uh, scribe for uh, l- fantastic uh, pieces of writing like CFC UK and also many, many, many excellent books and also ESPN. Marco, how are you, my dear boy? Glad to see It's good to see you both actually on Saturday because I saw Marco at the stall as always. Uh, it was uh, it was bloody chaotic on Saturday, wasn't it, Marco? It
2: was a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, twelve hours, twelve thirty kickoffs.
0: Uh, yes. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan of uh, early kickoffs. I have to say, uh, not least because I was denied the opportunity to have a pint or three in the pub before the game. Uh, and I have a suspicion that that explains uh, my downfall in the afternoon, where I more <laughs> than made up for it. But enough of that, as I said. Now, on the show tonight, we're going to be asking, is 343 the answer? And is playing Victor Moses as wingback and a more centrally deployed Hazard the secret to our success? Uh, in part two, we'll be praising Kante and Hazard. We'll be sympathising with William, embracing the youth and asking what next for those who have been left out? In part three, we've got a monster, 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 monster roundup of news uh, of the next Chelsea Fancast preview show with Kerry Dixon, the Chelsea Supporters Trust SGM, with special guest Kerry Dixon, uh, Fanju, more news about that, Footser, and even the new CFC UK, and of course another guest appearance by guess who, Marco, uh,
2: Mr. Dixon.
0: You've got it in one. He's all over. It. He's all over it tonight, Mr. Kerry Dixon, and I'm, well, I'm, I'm loving all of that. Now, in part four. Uh, we've got a couple of emails and uh, if we go if we, have a, if we have a bit of spare time tonight we, we might ask uh, if you want to ask us some questions we will do our best to answer them but we shall see because you know how I like to witter on it is a thing now don't forget of course as always you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 pm and uh, you can do that by going to mixler which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast during the show, where, of course, I will completely ignore you because I'm doing the show, which means I'm too busy. No, in, in all honesty, I will try and have a peek. So do do tweet us there if you can, uh, particularly Jason, uh, also known as Chuckles, also known as a cab driver and also known as a very good uh, good all-round chap who I saw at the stall on a Saturday. Now, uh, just as a reminder, because it's been a while since we've been on air, um, somebody's trying to call me. They've got no luck at all, because I'm doing a show. Uh, anyway, uh, for those of you who may have forgotten, we are actually doing, um, the whole show on a platform called Acast now. Uh, so make sure you download, uh, turn on the Acast app and listen to the podcast, or just search for it. It's easy to find. It's, uh, acast.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And as always, the podcast will be available to download a couple of hours after the live show. Now, before we get going... Uh, I'd just like to say a massive, massive thank you to everyone who voted for us in the Football Blogging Awards preliminary round. Uh, I'm proud to say we've reached the finals yet again. I, I, I think that's pretty much every year we've entered, we've got into the finals. Now, the thing is, though, thanks to me buggering off on holiday for two weeks, we're in danger of being behind in the final voting. So all of our competitors have basically had a two-week two, uh, two week, um, head start, if you like. So we need you to get out there and vote for us now. We've got some very, very stiff competition in the finals this year, uh, and amongst others, we'll be up against the Anfield Rap, uh, the Liverpool podcast, which is run by... Well, it's kind of pretty much run as a professional outfit, I hasten to add. So let's try and beat the Scousers. Uh, you can go and vote uh, by going to footballbloggingawards.co.uk, um, and you'll pretty much... It just says it, There's a whole kind of section where you can vote for each category, basically. Uh, and you obviously vote for us, Chelsea Football Fancast, in the Best Football Podcast category, uh, and, of course, you can also, you can do both. You can vote uh, for us on Twitter as well by tweeting, I am voting in at the FBAS for at Chelsea Fancast as the best football hashtag podcast. What's what's that, Dan? How does that work? <laughs> um, I got it
1: wrong last time. So you're asking the
0: wrong person. Well, that's why I thought I'd check, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I think most people know how to do it. But anyway, I'll, I'll keep telling them. Now, there are two other Chelsea nominees that... Uh, in the, uh, in the awards. One is Chelsea HQ for Best Social Football Account and the other is a lovely lad called Leon Carbis who writes for We Ain't Got No History and he's uh, he's been nominated as the Best Young Football Blogger so make sure you vote for them too because they're Chelsea and it's what we should do. Now we're the only Chelsea podcast in the finals so keep the blue flag flying high and vote for us. It's going to be tough uh, but wouldn't it be great to beat the Scousers and make it a hat-trick of FBAs for the Chelsea fancast? you know what to do now after the after a very short sting we'll be talking football <laughs> Um, well, what a lovely time to come back from your holidays. Uh, anyway, 3-4-3, three, three, is it the answer? I have to be honest and say, you know, I did actually manage to watch the whole game um, when I was uh, I was out in Cochrane near Calgary, uh, and I woke up in time, got up early, and it was on on live 8 o'clock, so I was very pleased about being able to watch that. Um, but anyway, what strikes me most about the 3-4-3 three, three is, is it, it's giving us a lot of balance and width, which I think was much needed, but I have to say, Marco, I thought that was the best performance of the season by a country mile. Uh,
2: Agree 110%. Yeah, Confidence uh, and an understanding of what the manager uh, was asking of the players. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it it was all good. It was lovely from start to finish. I I think perhaps it's... uh, bit remiss to get too carried away because Leicester were rubbish.
0: Weren't they just?
2: But yeah, no, no, I mean, it was just, it it was just what we needed, I think. Um, For those of us that gathered at the stadium, uh, definitely. Yeah, I
0: mean, I really, I really actually enjoyed the football, Dan. That was the... uh... The other interesting thing, and of course, because it was an early kickoff, uh, I was there for Stone Cold Sober when we went in, so I actually did know what I was seeing. But it, it was entertaining, it was attacking, they had energy, they were pressing. Uh, as I said, there, there was balance to the team, you know, and I, I, it was just really pleasing to watch, Dan, wasn't it? Yeah, we thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. As,
1: as Mark has said, best night minutes of the season. And when you have, you know, naturally footed fullbacks on the right side, it makes such a difference. I thought balance was there. It gave us width when we were attacking, so the defenders were pulled apart, which gave Hazard a chance to make to make some runs. I just it's great, great performance. You know, step up from Hull. I thought Alonso was very, very good. Um, you consider we've got you know Kurt Zouma to come back in and JT. We, you know, it's, it's a very encouraging, you know, last two performances.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I, I kind of agree with Marco that it you know it, it's early days, so let's not get too excited. And I, I do suspect that this season. You know, it's going to be like one step forward, one step back occasionally. But I think you know, and I, it was really interesting actually because I don't know what I was listening to this morning, but or watching on the television. But they were all very much saying, you know, oh, this is this is a transition uh, ser- uh, season for Chelsea, and I, I hope that people keep remembering that because I actually think that that's absolutely true. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm particularly pleased with, and it's weirdly seems to have gone on the radar under the radar a little bit, Marco. But two clean sheets in the last two games. That's is fantastic, isn't it? I know, but I think
2: yet once again we, we should not uh, be too um, deluded about uh, what that represents as an achievement. When you consider Hull's result uh, this Saturday, just past, and and Leicester, um, I, I think they're probably the two worst teams in the in the Premier League at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean it is. It is that, that again. You know, yeah, I, I think you know. I think a, a, a level of uh, sense and decorum is is definitely required by that. I I really do. And you know, I, bottom line is he's tested the three four three out really properly against both. Well, I mean actually a little bit of the Arsenal game. I think he reverted to that, but that, certainly Hull and Leicester. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, next week uh, I, I'm convinced that he will will stick with that because we know that he likes to play three at the back Dan doesn't he yeah absolutely this
1: is this is his style that's what he you know he made Juventus so good he can't change a winning team or formation we, it's the best we've looked he's obviously come in and said right okay I'm not gonna drop everyone straight away I'm gonna watch you in real-time games see how you play see how you do he's given us four or five games clearly certain players don't work He's now implementing his style, which I think is the right way to do it. He's yeah. come in and said, Right, this is this is my style. Let's do four, two, three, one, let's see how you do. Yes, we've got some results, but far from convincing. And I think the whole and Saturday more convincing than our than our early season wins.
0: Yeah, I mean I'll tell you what's interesting, what I do like, Marco, is the fact that um with Conte there are no histrionics. You know, this has all happened in a very calm and measured way. And I have to say I really like that. You know, there's There's no kind of brash statements about, you know, no kind of toys being thrown out of the the pram. It's all just been done calmly and measured with a lot of thought, I think. Do you you not agree?
2: I do. I mean, especially coming on the back of, well, the the weekend's um, performance coming on the back of those weird rumours that that sprang up and um, caused chaos in the bookmakers that he was... um, for some reason, suddenly the favourite to get the chop. Um, So, you know, I I think he he was all smiling uh, when he fielded questions about that. It's it's just interesting. You know, you look at the way Mourinho's been in the build-up to this game that they've got with Liverpool this evening. Um, You know, the usual Machiavellian-type stuff. And, and I've no doubt that, you know, when he gets round to it, depending on what happens tonight at Anfield, that there'll be, there'll be some um, sledging antics before the game next Sunday. Uh, it's just nice to see a manager, um, you know, unflustered, just gets on with a job and has a passion for it. It reminds me very much about um, Carlo Ancelotti, who I, who I thought was a wonderful... Manager for Chelsea, so yeah, I think it's great. It's all good. Yeah, all it good. is.
0: What was what was all that nonsense about um, about Conte getting the tin tack Then was it, was it was it just some kind of moody bet that somebody had put on? Because I missed, no, it. I was still away.
2: I actually thought I I started getting text messages about it early on uh, Thursday afternoon, and um, I then sort of went and had a look online, and there was some there were a couple of sort of like glory hunting articles, for want of a better word, uh, clickbait-type stuff. Um, And there was some stuff in in the Italian press uh, which was based around the fact that he'd he'd been in Italy um, during the international break. Um, But I just think it's rubbish. I mean, you know, it it almost makes you think... If you were a bookmaker thinking, yeah, you know, we've just taken a hit... Let's start a rumor and get a load of uh, punters to to place ludicrous bets on outcomes that are never going to happen or not not at the moment. Uh, that that's the way to do it, and I think a lot of people obviously put money on it because the 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 odds went from twenty five to one to not taking bets yeah. in the space of a few hours.
0: All a bit weird, but uh, clearly a load of bunkum, uh, certainly one would hope. Because, um, I mean, I think just going back to what I was saying earlier about the fact that, you know, this is very much a transition season and, and, you know, we are probably going to have a few steps back as as well as a a few steps forward. So, you know, one hopes that uh, Roman Abramovich has the, you know, sense and the patience to realise that. And uh, that actually, I think my, the point behind the point for me really is is that we, we actually finally, and I think there was a, a good article somewhere that, that, that highlighted this, probably on We Ain't Got No History, which I, I, you know, the, the thing I, I read most next to Marco's ESPN articles, I have to say. But I mean, the point behind the point is that finally, maybe we've got a manager who, who can actually build something for the longer term and, and really transition the club on from a post Mourinho era. And by that, I mean, you know, basically since 2004, because I don't think we've ever managed to move away or move on from that. And I think Conte could be finally the man who does that providing, providing, sorry, I just got interrupted. I'll come back to John's comment in a minute, but providing obviously Roman, um, you know, can be patient, Dan. Well,
1: that's the biggest question, isn't it? Roman's patience, but no one knows what goes on in his head. There's also some talk that, um, of bringing in Walter Sabatini as director yeah. of football. I don't know how yeah. much truth there is in that, but that's apparently come from a, a good source. But as you say, good sources well,
0: are. I'm you know. going to pick that up in part two, old Bean. But uh, okay. I, I, that is a good point, actually. No, I noticed yeah. that. So I, I want to talk about that because that's, uh, that is interesting. And Tony, in fact, is, uh, Tony Glover is in the house on Mixalar. Uh, clearly they're not doing a podding shed tonight. Um, He said, rumours rife that Emanalo is being shifted sideways. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Now, John Chips Chiverton, who who I I love seeing his comments, has said, cheers, chidge, got Paula Abdul in my head now. I can't remember what I said to provoke that, Marco. You're you're a resident music smith. What did I say to deserve that? Say that again? What did she say? John said, cheers, chidge, I've got Paula Abdul in my head now anyway i've 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 gone no doubt john will remind us and point out what I, what it was <laughs> anyway moving on with the football um victor moses um w- one thing i will share with you which which had me in hysterics our, our dear friend um known as cfc away on twitter uh really does Oh, right. john said two steps forward now i get it Anyway, and CFC Motors, I'd, I'd prefer Gabriella Sabatini to Emmanuella. M- R- yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, CFC away. He's not a fan of, of Victor Moses. Uh, Marco and I, I know, are great fans of Victor Moses. If only because we like the the Victor Moses song that both he and DJ came up with, Marco, which goes something like. Which,
2: which one? The Crazy Horses one. That's the one. The... the Crazy yeah. Horses.
0: Victor Moses. <laughs> 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 Now, you know, what is not to like about that and I have to say the only it's thing that, that disappointed me Moses,
2: duh, 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 duh. Yeah, I I was really upset. Oh. I was
0: really upset when I heard that Marco. I'm thinking, you know, hang on a minute. Du, 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 Victor Moses, that's such okay. absolute wank, isn't it? You know, and I thought your song's much better, you know, but uh, it's quite hard to do, I'll give you that. You know, the the Victor Moses bit's quite easy, but the other bit is not so easy to do. But I was disappointed that uh, they've gone down the easy route. Now, anyway, going back to CFC away, not a big fan of Victor Moses. And uh, when Victor Moses scored that absolute peach of a goal, and I mean, Chaloba's assist for that was just something else, but it was a really well-taken goal, I thought. I happened to look down uh, at CFC away because I know where he sits in the Matthew Harding lower, and I could see all the people around him were digging him out (laughs) about Moses scoring. (laughs) <laughs> Which I thought was quality, <laughs> I've got to be honest. As as I then proceeded to do when I caught up with him in the pub afterwards. But uh, the thing is this, is that I'm I'm kind of inclined to think that... Um, and as I said to, to CFC away in the pub afterwards, I said it's not a question of having the best players necessarily. It's about having the best team. And if you've got somebody in the team, he might not be a world-beater, he might not be world-class, but if he can do a job for you effectively in the position that the manager needs him to do it in. What's wrong with that? And I think, I think that that's... So he the World Cup. Well, exactly, mate. That's kind of what I was thinking of. But I, I really think that, that Victor Moses uh, is, is, is doing brilliantly um, playing that role for us. I mean, Dan, would you, would you agree with that? Oh, it's
1: fantastic. I think he's, he's taken his role really, really well. He's, he's disciplined. He's got some pace, which we've been lacking so much this season. Uh, it's great. I mean, also it gives us more the squad more depth because obviously you've got Az- Azpi can come back in and play wing back as well. Moses can play further forward. He's never really had a chance at Chelsea. His first season of sporadic and he's been had three loans. He's obviously got some talent.
0: Yeah. For sure, I mean, I I mean go, go, going back to the whole three four three thing, chaps, I mean, the whole the whole way, it, you know, I think balance uh, and width is the key and I and, I think it's very interesting that he's got. We'll talk about this in part two, hopefully. But I mean, D- David Luiz playing in the kind of central sweeping role makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, Gary Gary Cahill's still got his minders around him, which he needs. Aspie's, you know, playing tucked in in the three, which I think is also very very good. But of course, you know, Aspie being a, a bona fide right back is behind Moses to kind of ensure against any defensive lapses he might have. And I think Alonso, again, a bona fide left-back, is doing great and can cover any... It just seems to be more cover and more protection as well as giving us more width and more attacking options, Marco. Do you think?
2: Yeah, you know, I think the system um, is clearly one that, you know, Conte used when he managed Juventus and obviously when he managed Italy. And if, you know, Italy going into the Euros... Um, I know they came up short in the end, but everyone in Italy had written them off. Um, you know, and, and I think uh, one of the stars of his team was Giacciarini, who, you know, couldn't get a game at Sunderland, and how good a Sunderland? And yet, you know, in, in Italy's, in, in Conte's Italy, in a 3-4-3, he looked um, phenomenal. So, you know having those skill sets as a player for, you know, somebody like Moses, who, to be fair, he, you know, he he is a good player. Um, and I'll tell you how good a player he is. When he was a kid, um, he was playing for, um, I think he was a, I might be wrong on this, but I think he played for Wit Gift under when Pates, when Colin Pates was, running the, the school team there. I think they got to the, 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 the school's final and, and Moses scored five goals. Um, I could be completely wrong on this. I've got a mate who's a Palace fan um, who, who knows him. Um, but Yeah, I'll, I'll dig into that. But, you know, I mean, that, that guy is, has got a lot of ability. Um, and I think, like a lot of players who come Chelsea's way... That ability gets suffocated, you know. Players like Schurrle, um, De Bruyne, you know, it, it can get suffocated, and and then you get lost on the loan treadmill, um, which you know Moses. I mean, he, he's had more loans than Barclays Bank, hasn't he? So um, <laughs> yes.
0: uh, he's a I, lovely I just, lad too, Marco. I mean, I, I yeah, remember the yeah. He's got you know, a lot of character.
2: When was the last time, was it Baba Yarrow used to do somersaults when he... That's right, he yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I love all that. Yeah. And if I he can stay fit because he's got glass hamstrings yeah. a la uh, Costa. You know, he could nail down that position. Um, and, you know, in that system, I think it'll be really interesting when we play United next week. Um you know I've got no re- real reason to su- to suppose that uh, Conte wouldn't retain the same lineup i think mean, might he might have a think about bringing um terry back into the back three but you know i, I don't know w- what do you want th-
0: i would i would put money uh, i would put money on given that they're all fit i would put money on him starting with the same lineup as he started on saturday cuz he strikes me as that kind of a manager you know, I mean, if you, you know, I think that that whole statement he made, I mean, we'll talk about the youth in part two, but the whole kind of statement he made about, you know, if you're if you if you're good enough, I'll play you. You know, if you, in other words, if you earn the right to play for me, I'll back you. So I think you'll start with that. Yeah,
2: well, I, I wouldn't be up. I mean, you know, everybody wants to see JT back and Captain lead the legend. And I, and I don't disagree with any of that. Um, but, you know. That team worked on Saturday and I think everybody would be keen to understand if it could work as well against higher profile opposition that, that would perhaps give, um, you know, a, a bigger test to the to the back line mm. and, and to the system, you know, and I'm sure... Rashford
0: and Ibrahimović will give it a go. Well, we'll, uh, we'll so, I mean, Again, I'll talk about Louis a little bit possibly in part two, but I, I just want to, want to make the point that A, he had Vardy in his back pocket for the whole game. Two, I thought he put in a really measured performance. And three, I thought his leadership uh, abilities were there for all to see. It was really interesting actually because my, my mate Michael Roban turned up from uh, LA to, to watch this match and and was going on very much about you know the clear difference between actually being there live and watching it on TV, which of course is you can see things like that. And what I mean by that is the way that you know Louise was organising the defence. He was bigging up, as Tony said actually, on here. Louise was showing his leadership qualities by bigging up Cahill when he was doing good things and stuff like that. So I thought it was I thought it was great. Look, the, fi- the final point on uh, on the kind of the three four three, as it were, for me really is quite possibly the way that it's, um, you know, freed Hazard up to play in a more central role because, of course, having width doesn't in- depend entirely upon him. Um, and, you know, he was he was in the press earlier this week saying he wants to play in more of a kind of a number 10 role. And we've actually been saying it on this show that, you know, if maybe to get the best out of Hazard, you really need to have him less isolated and, and, and more involved centrally. And, I, and the, there was, of course, that other interesting stat that I picked up this week: that since his debut in 2012, he scored more goals in the Premier League than any other midfielder, with 44. Which is an interesting stat because I, I was surprised, you know, uh, because we always say about Hazard what he needs to do more is to score more goals, Dan. But I mean, generally, yeah, no, Dan, do you think do you think he's better off playing more in the centre?
1: I think he's better off when he has when he's got less defensive responsibilities because he's not playing to his strengths and um, giving him that kind of free role, you know, gives him that. For freedom, I will. The criticism a bit of him is get my teeth in that he, he needs to be more aggressive, he needs to be more decisive, he needs to just to have that more desire. Because I think the second half he went through, and rather than sort of cutting down the outside of the defender, he passed to Costa. He needs to get that into his game where he's going to score two goals a game or three goals a game every so often. You know, put teams to the sword. but certainly, I think he's going to thrive in this role where he has got that freedom and he knows that he's got, you know, nine nine players behind him protecting the defence. And He hasn't got a track, you know, track over to cover the fullbacks because that's yeah. not his strong point. And you want to play to his talent, you want to play to his strengths.
0: Absolutely, and I, I, you know, we've often said it on here. You know, what we want to see is him running at defenses and and you know, getting on the end of balls as, rather than just kind of floating out wide, stopping and waiting for four people to join him. And right. I and I actually thought the goal that he scored that 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 for me, hopefully, will become a classic Eden Hazard goal, you know, where he gets onto the ball. He's the, he's the most, the the farthest forward and he runs through and he puts it away. And again, it was a lovely finish. So, you know, I, I, I just get a real sense, you know, just to kind of draw a line under this part of of the show, I I get a really kind of good sense at the moment that things are beginning to come together, Marco.
2: Well, absolutely. Uh, I think, I, I think it is important though, not to get too carried away. Um, Only because, you know, we've had a couple of decent results after two very bad results, so we needed all of that. Um, And so the the feel-good factor is suddenly there. And I I just think we need to be cautious, cautiously optimistic going into this next game. I think if if we can dispatch United in the same way we dispatched Leicester and Hull, then...
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, Marco, I I fear for my I fear for my liver if we do that, because <laughs> I tell you what, you know, I mean, Dan will be an interesting barometer of this because you know we got absolutely mashed at the at the Arsenal game where it was horrible and we lost and we were all very depressed, but there is something about getting equally mashed when you won, and and it, I have to say it's a much happier experience. But anyway. Uh, right, we should go uh, off to part two in a second. But before we do, uh, after this little break, uh, we will be praising Kante. And uh, we'll be sympathising with Willian. And we'll be embracing the youth. And we'll be asking what next for those who have been left out. We will see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. FootballFanCast.com Real fans, real opinions, real
2: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels.
0: Uh, right, it's the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge. Uh, I'm back, football was back, and the Fancast is back. What more could you possibly want? Uh, now, before we kind of get going, uh, by the way, I've got uh, the wonderful Dan Silver and... Uh, the even lovelier Mark Worrell on the show tonight. And before I, before I carry on, um, I just need to read out something that Marco may not be able to see on his screen. And that is a lovely message from Mark Barford, who's uh, in the Mixler chat room tonight. Mark, of course, is uh, very heavily involved with the Hastings supporters uh, group. A lovely bunch of people they are too. Now, Mark says, thank Marco again for the JT signed shirt chidge. Uh, got JT to pose with it during Saturday's warm-up, so we can auction it for the Chestnut Tree Children's Hospice on the 29th of October. So I think I can relay that to you, Marco. Those thanks.
2: Oh, great, great to be of help. Uh, it's just really good to be able to replace the one that went missing um, against uh, Liverpool after the Liverpool game.
0: Absolutely yeah yeah well good- and good luck with that by the way mark um and uh and uh, say hello to stew for me as well because i, I obviously it's a it's a, an event very close to his heart and uh quite rightly so okie dokie um first up in part two um kante i mean you know what i walked out i walked out of the game um and uh that was the immediate thought in my head i was was just what i mean i i they were act- i mean you know in in the old days on this show Uh, we used to do uh, the little match award type things where we used to have man of the match and uh, chance of the match and salary moments. And we used to have a Guinness moment and nobody ever understood what a Guinness moment was. And the only way I could often describe it was it was those occasions where a player would make me go oh, like that which sounded a bit kind of uh post coital really but anyway the bottom line is it, 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 I, I, there were moments in the game where kante did something and I, I, I sighed sighed and moaned with uh with with you know pleasure basically what can i it is sexual i have to be honest it's definitely sexual but the th- the point i'm really making um what a player Kante is. He he is not just a, a Makaleli clone. This boy can play football. Some of those kind of swerves he made, Marco, to kind of, you know, beat a player, and I just, and then turning up and getting on the end of things. We've got a player here. He's This is more than a Makaleli clone, mate, do you think?
2: Oh, I totally agree. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's got, basically, he's got an eye for goal, which which Makaleli was. Um, played a far more withdrawn role and and you know didn't really ever get those kinds of opportunities i think in in this 3-4-3 system um, it's almost like that at, at certain times like chelsea were were in an it was like all out attack you know you've got the, the two wing backs and then everybody moving forwards. Even, you know even matić i mean matić like mean, matić he play he played cost screen, or was it Hazard? I can't remember now. But he is just you know, he's, he's getting, That's a couple of times now he's done that. So the whole, everyone's moving forwards. Um, and, you know, Kante on the ball, you know, he, he is a player. He's not just a passer, he's a player as well.
0: Well, absolutely. And I think that's what struck me. And I, and I didn't really, I didn't really expect that. I, I, I kind of expected at the best, uh, you know, another Makaleli, Dan, but... Like I said a minute ago, he, he is way more than that, isn't he? And, and oh. what a player we've signed.
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolute brilliant, brilliant player. And he's got positional sense. He's strong. He reads the game. He's got skill. I think he's absolutely for £32 million. When you look at what United paid for Pogba, I think we've got absolute brilliant player on our hands. He compensates the team very well. He's fluid. He understands the game. He reads the game. He's disciplined. Doesn't make rash tackles. Just... All round, just you know, pleasure to watch him play. He really complements real, the team superbly.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, when we were in the Tommy Tucker afterwards, and uh, you know, I I I'll share this with you people. I'm very good at getting to the bar and getting served. Dan, aren't I?
1: Yeah, I was queuing. She drops up, get served. It's like a bloody royalty. And <laughs> you really. didn't have any cash on you, so I had to.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's normal for me. I'm like Prince Charles, okay. mate. You know that. But, the, but whilst i was you know getting served because Dan was finding it difficult to get served i also at the same time managed to have a chat with a Leicester fan who was next to me in the pub and we were having a chat about kante and and his depression was 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 absolutely you know all around the fact that that they'd lost kante and 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 how distraught he was about it and saying well you've signed a hell of a player there so you know i, I we have really really lucked out about that and and i am i am very very pleased about that now the second thing I want to talk about, really, um, which uh, should not go, uh, you know, should not go ignored. Uh, and actually, the really interesting thing is, I, I, I kind of thought about this, um, you know, just before kickoff when I realised that we had four, you know, four of the academy players basically on the bench in Chaloba, Aina, Ruben Loftus Cheek, and Solanke. And I thought, bloody hell! I mean, I know we had a few absences through for, for various reasons, but even so, I thought, hmm, that's interesting there's a good chance that one or two of them might play. And, and lo and behold, three of them came on, which I'm reliably informed. Well, it's obviously the first time that this has happened at Chelsea in the Premier League era. Um, I saw some stats, somebody coming out with the stats saying it's the, the first time that Chelsea have had three academy players come on as substitutes ever. I really cannot believe that. I mean, Marco's memory, like mine, goes back far enough to the mid-70s with Eddie Mack when we pretty much had the entire youth team playing in the first team in 77, didn't we? Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, and, and, and with little, you know, with, with little choice other than to do that, to be honest with you. Um, no, it's, just in
0: um... so terms... Sorry, it's go the, No, no, it's, 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 it's the classic kind of football was invented when Sky invented it in 1992 bollocks then, isn't it? Yeah,
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's what
0: I thought. That's what I thought. Of course, if we had Tim Rolls on the show tonight, he could probably name every single player that played in the youth from the youth team in that first team, couldn't he, Mark? But there you go. Bottom line is, um, I just thought how, how encouraging, and also in particular what I thought was encouraging was the fact that, that Conte brought uh, Chaloba on, not just as a kind of a, a Jose-esque sop to let's give him a 10-minute, 5-minute run-out. He brought him on with half an hour or so to go, and it was a tactical switch uh, and I have to say, a tactical switch that, that worked very well. Now, Dan, obviously, you know, everybody was talking about that quite incredible assist that he, you know, in, in setting up that Moses goal. But I just thought, yeah, again, Chaloba, you know, he really looks like he can handle it. He's he's absolutely comfortable at this level, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I think the boy's got real talent. I mean, he had a very good loan at Napoli last season. I, I like him. Like he's What I like about Conte is he said... You say, if you're good enough, you're going to get a chance. And there's the whole, you know, the youth brigade. We're seeing them and not letting us down. It's going to make, you know, the, the established players pull their socks up. I thought he came on, wanted the ball, used it very well. Awareness. you say, I mean, had that been, you know, a star player doing that flick of being on, on Sky all weekend? It was lovely, lovely bit of skill. And I just thought, yeah, what a player. I wouldn't be surprised if he does get more game time over the next few weeks.
0: He deserves, well, I mean, he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've got a lovely post from Boomer2453 says, Chidge, I don't think they had three subs then. Actually, that's a very good point. Uh, when did when did we introduce three subs, Marco? Uh,
2: well, they didn't. He's absolutely right. No, I think he? it would have been in the early uh, 90s. I, mean, yeah. I think we still had, 90s, we definitely really? had once in the 80s. Um, yeah. I would say, I don't know, probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe it was when, uh, at the start of the Premier League, so it was 94, maybe.
0: Hmm, interesting. I, I reckon, I re- yeah, I reckon, I reckon he's got a point there, so therefore maybe, I think it is... I think we're both right. I think it probably came in in the Premier League era uh, era three subs and therefore it is ever as well. But anyway, I get your point. Going back to the main point, um, which is, I mean, you know, we we said it earlier, didn't we? I mean, Conte's already said that as far as he's concerned, I thought it was a lovely point that he made in the press, actually, which was, you know, I don't care how old they are if they're good enough uh, and they've earned my trust, I'll play them. And then he pointed out that he was playing for AC, was it AC Milan that he played for? Yeah. Juventus yeah, he at was sixteen. At six Juventus, thank you, Dan. He was playing for yeah. them at sixteen. And I think that's a that's a really encouraging thing to hear, actually, isn't it? Um so clearly yeah. there's a chance. Um but you know the, the thing about go go over, sorry got on, mate. Do you want the answer?
2: Do you want the the number of substitutes usable in a competitive match has increased from zero um to one or to two out of five in nineteen eighty eight? Two plus one injured goalkeeper in 94. And then uh, in 1995, it was increased to
1: three, any three.
0: Yeah, so it's a Premier League so thing. About, yeah.
1: I'm going back yeah. to Chaloba. Going back to Chaloba.
0: And Loftus-Cheek.
1: loftus Cheat's going to have to really step his game up because Chaloba could quite easily be taking the mantle or the next kid out of the youth. Because, again, Loftus-Cheek came on, didn't really set the world alight. He's got to look at what Chaloba's doing and think, right, Chaloba's getting in. Chaloba's looking good. What have I got to do to make myself, you know, a, a, regular, a regular first-teamer and get, get more game time?
0: It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, Dan? Because I've always kind of meekly said in, in Loftus-Cheek's defence that, well, you know, he hasn't really had an opportunity to play in his right position. And then it goes to, well, what is his best position? But, I mean, Chaloba is thrown in in whatever position and plays well I, I, you know what, I, I, I think it's a mentality thing. I really, really do. And you know, Chiloba to me just looks absolutely at ease playing at that level, whereas Loftus Cheek doesn't at the moment. It's as simple as that. And I tell you what, I'm reminded of. Um, and, and I hope, I hope this isn't going to kind of give it the kiss of death, but. Um, I'm sure you were both there when we played Newcastle in that that Carling Cup match. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti was the manager at the time. We lost it 5-4 or something mental like that. But Josh McEachran played most of that match and he was the best player on the pitch for both sides. And he looked way above his years. He looked mature and he looked an absolute player and completely at ease. And then what happened to him, you know? But do you know what I mean, Marco? I mean, Chaloba looks like a player who's completely at ease there. And I haven't seen yeah, a young player like that for Chelsea since McEachran's performance at Newcastle.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think the thing about McEachran was, uh, stroke is, um, he, he was viewed as being too lightweight. Yeah. So he, he didn't actually have the physicality to be able to, you know, stay on the ball. Um, although he had, you know, ability in, in abundance. Um, whereas, you know, Chalabar, all, all those kids... Know, they are athletes, aren't they? You look They're at them. They're big
0: units, aren't uh, they?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not you going to take the ball off them um, if if they've got it in their mind to to, to keep it off you, you know. And uh, I think that's that's the big difference between these this group of kids that have come have come through now um, to you know going back to kind of like the McEachran's, of this world of of sort of five years ago. I think all footballers now have to be, you know, real physical specimens. I mean, it's not quite on a a rugby union type scale, but it's not far off now.
0: No, Um, I agree with um, that. So, I mean, Dan, actually, somebody's come up with a good point on Mixler here. Jack, CFC 1996. Uh, says Chaloba's been on loan since he was 18. Basically, Ruben hasn't had experience of men's football, just 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there. I think that's actually a really good point, Dan. Yeah, it's a very
1: good point. The question is, are they getting a loan, you know, the, the academy golden boy out for six months? I mean, he could easily go out in January and have six months a good premiership team where he's going to get game time, you know, for like a Bournemouth or someone who plays progressive football, and he will get 15 games and we'll see where he stands. I mean, he's, he's still young.
0: Was he, was he 19, 20? I just... I, yeah, I mean, it's just so difficult, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, yeah. we, we, in our in our lifetime and, and recent lifetime, we've seen, you know, superb players come through. I mean, Michael Owen and, and Wayne Rooney immediately spring to mind as players who, you know, were in their late teens and exploded onto the scene and, and were first-teamers yeah. from the get-go. So, mm-hmm. it's... It, you know, I, I'm very, I, I'm quite conflicted. I don't, I mean, are we making excuses for him or what? It's so difficult to, to, to judge really, isn't it, Dan?
1: Absolutely. I, mean, I mean, for example, look at Harry Kane. He had five, six loans at various different clubs and suddenly he gets a breakthrough and look where he is now and he's 22. So we, we can't write him off. We've got no, to give him, you know, no. some
0: opportunities. I, I don't, you know what? I, I think, I mean, if the rumours are true that, you know, he's uh, he's kind of Roman's pet project, I, I don't think he will be written off. And I think he will be given, you know, every chance to prove himself. Um, but I, I think Marco made a really good point earlier on. There just seems to be a slight, and I think I made it too, but I think there seems to be a slight uh, contrast in, in, in Chaloba's mentality and, and and loftus cheeks and and maybe 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 that is down to the fact that chaloba's had more experience playing men's football basically so we shall see anyway enough of that um one thing i thought was lovely to see um in particular were the uh well they were you know they were wearing black armbands um uh you know because of uh you know william's mum dying of cancer but uh, also hazard and costa with a little w so I, I mean you know it might not mean a lot to people but it, I think it's nice to see and it's it's it, it's it, for me it embodies good team spirit when that kind of thing goes on and of course we should uh, send our best wishes and condolences to William because I know he listens to the show every week but it's a nice touch isn't it Marco
2: absolutely um I, I,
0: you know william he, he's
2: kind of he's probably the most likable member of that Chelsea school Squad, you, you know, you, 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 I don't know. He just play. He always plays football with a smile on his face, and he's the type of guy who, you, you know, you can you can sort of see how painful what has happened has yeah. been to, him and you can see that why he would be really, you know, popular with the squad, and everybody would want to rally around him and make such such. Um, you know, a gesture. Um, you know, I mean, I, it's, you know, it kind of reminded me of um, when when uh, Pat Lampard passed away. Um, you know, there, there was a similar um, show of support from well, everyone really. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just think you know what a smashing player he is to, to having um, in, the, in the football club, William.
0: You know what, Marco, I couldn't agree more. And I think just, I mean, I, I, I was away last week, so I wasn't really on top of things like, like I normally am. But I was very much aware of the absolute shithousery that was going on on Twitter uh, about William. You know, oh, well, you know, drop him and all this kind of stuff, which is just, I mean, Marco's right. he, he He's a superb player. People have horribly short bloody memories, don't they, these days? I mean, the, the, he, you know, William was like the only one who turned up last year, for God's sake. Well, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it really, really does my nut in when I when I hear that kind of crap coming out. But uh, we've been saying for weeks now that he's clearly been playing below par, and and very understandably so when you consider that his mum was at death's door. So give the lad a break and give him some love because of you know of all the players in that team, I think he deserves it, Dan.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, I think you've all said exactly what I was going to say. Sorry. Sorry, that's fine. People on, you know, it's nice to finish a sentence. I don't get a chance at home. Um, <laughs> I think people, people on Twitter, you know, they just tweet to their narrative. I mean, if you know what's going, William to to lose a parent is a horrible thing to go through, especially with something like cancer. And um, you know, love, condolences is is he's, he's one of us. He always posing the shit. And, said when he's when he's back after compassionate leave, you know he's he steps up again and goes to the levels that he we know he can play at and make his you know his mom proud mother.
0: Absolutely, uh, and on that note, we should also uh, send some condolences and best wishes to Oscar, who who uh, whose grandfather has passed away recently. Um, now, talking of another Brazilian, um, we did mention this earlier, actually, about uh, I I think how well Louise played and, and showed what I, I mean. I've been beating the drum saying that. Uh, For all of his faults, he's a character and he's a leader on the pitch. And my God, we need a few these days. Um, But uh, he did look good in that sweeping role. And I think the thing that's really occurred to me, I mean, okay, obviously JT was uh, coming back from injury. um, But it's kind of begging a question. How hard is JT going to find it to come back into the system that uh, that Conte seems to be favouring at the moment, Mark?
2: Um, well, I think if you look at it, if you, if you had to sort of criticize or, or, or maybe look at that back three, you know, where, where you've got maybe um yet again being played out of position, um, on the right side of, of that three, but you know, clearly, as um. A, a center back you'd sort of wonder would his position um potentially be under threat and then that that begs the question if he brought terry in and thought aspiliquetta was too good a player to um to drop would that would that spell the end for moses uh, on that right side on on right right wing back so um it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting, really, to see what, what happens there. Um, and I think we'll find out on Sunday. As, you know, as you said, it'd be nice to see Conte stick with what he's got. Um, I mean, looking at that United team tonight against Liverpool, I, th- I think Mourinho's gone to park the bus. Um, so will he do that at Stamford Bridge? I don't know. It's um, so... wonderfully
0: ironic if he did. <laughs> well,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? I mean, I think the reality is is that, uh, and again, I think I think it must have been somebody. Uh, I mean, would you would you would
2: you if you brought Terry back, which of the three would you take out?
1: Uh, I would say we, we've got four centre halves, and if they all fit, JT's probably the third or the fourth. Bob Cahill, I would say. Because if you've got Zoom and Louise as a two, and then do you have JT in the middle with those two on either side? Do you have Cahill? It's it's conundrum. Yeah. Right? I, I, I think that Aspen Leclerc will go to wing-back when he wants to fit, I think, because he's very defensively minded.
0: Yeah, but he's not so going he'll,
1: forward, he'll, that, will be no, out. No, So If he's on his right foot going forward as opposed to his left-checking back in, I think he's a lot more effective. Yeah, I mean, but are, I, are, are you
0: you convinced about him going forward i mean i think i think he's not as effective as moses is going forward and in a 343 whatever defensive issues that moses, moses may have are covered to a certain extent i mean i it's an I interesting think- conundrum isn't it because he's playing Alonso as a as a left wing back and Alonso is a full back so yeah. logic dictates that he could do the same with Aspie. but we've all seen aspi trying to you know Bomb up the wing and, and put balls in and okay, admittedly quite often on the wrong side. So, but I, you know, I, I think I, that Moses has added a, a real attacking dimension to our play, and it's enabled us to free up uh, Hazard to to play more centrally. And I think mm. that that's important.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I I would. Jt's a conundrum, isn't it? Because he he's a legend, but it's what's best for the team. And I would I would have Zoom Louise. In, if everyone's fit, and then you've got the choice of who do you play as your third centre half. I think it will of, of depend on the opposing team strikers because if we're up against any Ibrahimovic who's six foot five, they'll obviously get a pump against Aspen Equator and he's getting all the balls. So I think it will all of a lot of depend on you know, who we play and who's up front for the opposition.
0: Yeah, I mean Nikki Nikki just come up with a salient point on Mixler saying, um, I think uh, right centre back suits Aspi. Uh, it means he's not uncomfortable when he's dragged into wider areas, which can be a problem with a back three. Yeah, it's
1: a, it's a good point. Then Cahill mm-hmm. looks very uncomfortable on the left of a back three. As I mean, for, the, on.
0: For, for what it's worth, boys, I, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, the, the key role in that back three is whoever plays in the middle and they are playing a kind of a sweeper type role. And, you know, I think Louise is very suited to that. He's got pace, he can drive forward, he can ping a 50-yard ball. Um, but on the other hand, you know, if if that player, that, that's, that defender will be the more deep-lying one, that's also something that will suit JT very well because, of course, he reads the game so well. So, you know, as we've been arguing for years and years and years, he doesn't have to be quick because he's got, you know, half a yard in his head. Um, so I, I actually think that JT can equally play that. And, of course, he's got a good touch. Don't, don't forget that. JT can play with both feet. He's got a good touch. So actually, I, for me, JT comes back into the central role. But I think it is between him and Louise. And, you know, all those rumors about, oh, well, that was Roman's buy and not Conte's. Um, I'm not so sure. I think Conte kind of knows what he wanted. And I think maybe he wanted a more mobile uh, you know, a more long-range passing player in that role, and I think, I think personally, I think it could, we could be seeing the end of JT with this. I really do. He won't yeah, I mean, respond that, to that. Yeah, I think, I think.
1: Yeah, I think this will be his, JT's last season, irrespective of how many games he plays. I think he's you know, come to an end of a very glittering career. I mean, Louise, I thought was so commanding. On, on the weekend, he was heading balls out. I thought he was, it was great, yeah. yeah. I really thought, you know, okay, you know, cutting the ball, hitting the post. That, that things happens when you, you know you go, you make a decision to go for the ball, not waiting for Courtois to come, knowing that um, Jamie Vardy is behind you. So he made the right decision. I just thought generally, some his passing was out, outrageously good, and he's yeah. a great player. As you say, it gives us character, it gives us strength, mobility, pace is what you want for centre half. And if Conte wants a ball playing the centre half, there's no better, no better man to have right in the
0: middle. I just wonder, um, Marco, if if uh, you know, presuming Zuma comes back fit and able, uh, will he come in and replace Cahill, like he was almost doing when he was fit last season?
2: Quite possibly. Um, I think the, the only question, the only um, question mark against Zuma is Conte's never seen him play. Um, so, I mean, I guess he's watching him on the training. I don't Maybe there have been some behind the, you know, closed doors games. They normally set up games, don't they, for players of um, certain standing um, to, to bring their fitness, off, fitness on and assess them. So I don't, I don't know. You know, there, there was a rumour doing the rounds um, that he might be sent out on loan, wasn't there? Um, there was quite a strong rumour um, in, in the late summer that, you know, if depending on where he was with his fitness, he, he might be sent out on loan. So I don't know. Is, is he.
0: Ging. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: The type of player that Conte would fancy. I mean, I suspect so because, you know... Kulibali was at the top of that list, wasn't he, of centre backs for a long time, um, and I, I can't see any attributes that Kulibali has that, that Zuma doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I would argue that you know Zuma Zuma has a lot of versatility. You know, witnessed that League Cup final win against um, Spurs when he had you know Harry Kane in his pocket. Uh, when he played in defensive midfield, so mm. I, I think Zuma will will come back into that team. You know, it may be that um, he he goes into a midfield anchor ro- role. I, I don't know. May, maybe he could take the place of Matic as 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 a partner for Kante, and and that 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 would be a, a way of accommodating him. Um, and he'd obviously you know it'd be a rock at the back uh, so that that could be a consideration it'd be interesting it's going to be an interesting next few weeks actually to see how this maps out
0: yeah as the Chinese say Marco we live in interesting times don't we
2: well we do and I think I think the interest the interesting thing is in the past we've always had you know sort of six group stage champions league games of which four have you know been against the type of opposition that you meet in the early rounds of the league cup to to be honest you know and that's where Zuma was you know tried out initially you know and a lot of well you know quite a few players have come through uh, or signings rather than youth players but you know the, the we don't have that now. There isn't that. But there aren't those additional fixtures to, to try things. And I think Conte, um, you know, he's the type of player, he's the type of manager who, you know, you're right, that's my back three and we're sticking with it. And it, and the only thing that's going to change that is injuries. So the question is, is, is that it? Or, or will there be a change? Uh, and if there is a change, I think that'll be it. You know, so if he's going to bring... Terry back into the team, and he's going to bring Zuma into the team. Um, it won't just be for one game.
0: Yeah, it's interesting stuff. I mean, the other thing that <clears throat> the other thing that that, that uh, is a, is another interesting aspect of this, um, which, which kind of uh, you know links back to what we were saying about it's about having the the best team, not the best players, and and finding that that that, that mix that works. Is mm. for for you know for better or worse by luck or by design, this formation and the team has kind of arisen due to circumstances. Because I mean, did Branagh not get? And um, Branagh got injured, not dropped, didn't he originally? I think if my memory serves got, me correctly. No, he got
1: dropped. He was dropped for the he Howl was game. Okay, he got injured for He, okay, no, yeah, yeah, he injured for the, uh, was injured for, um, the weekend's game.
0: Okay so first he was dropped and then he was injured but either way he was unavailable and of course a lot of us much as we love Branner have noticed that you know it it's it's a possibility that his time may well be up uh William was absent uh Oscar was injured and then of course he's on compassionate leave was I am I right and Fabregas was injured too so you know well, four quite well, well, contentious players of, of recent times at Chelsea in terms of performance levels and trying to fit square, square pegs in round holes were all unavailable, which in a sense may have forced Conte's hand. But out of that has has quite possibly come a solution. And going back to what we were talking about five, ten minutes ago, Marco, um, you know, do you think he'll stick with it? I mean, what what is, what is the future for the other absentees? I mean, how easy are they going to find it to get back? I mean, there's rumours that There's still rumours kicking around that AC Milan are going to take uh, Fabregas, for example, in the new year. Um, What do you think?
2: Well, what I think is, let's see how we get on against United. (laughs) Exactly. What would have been been interesting would have been if we'd have beaten Hull and Leicester with that 3-4-3 system and then gone into the games against Liverpool and Arsenal. Um, and then, you know, we could say, bloody hell, you know what? This works with those players. Um, and I just don't think we know that. You know, you know we look good against poor opposition. Um, can we do it, you know, against the big teams? I'm not entirely sure. So, so we've got United at home, then Southampton away, Everton, Everton at home. Yeah. Play the next three. Mm. You know uh, they're decent teams, aren't they? They're sort of mid mid-table teams. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd like to see us going play. I'd like, you know, be, it would. It's a shame. It would have been interesting to see what the outcome would have been against Liverpool and Arsenal with because uh, he switched to 3 three-four-three, didn't he? Effectively for the, uh, for the second half of that Arsenal game, and we didn't concede so. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Interesting times. They are indeed. Dan, do you have any, anything to add to that? I, th-
1: I think he will stick to it because that's, that's his USP, so, you know, the, the three central defenders. He's, as I said earlier, he's seen the team, seen the formations from last season, seen it's definitely not working because the square peg round holes. This is the team that he wants. This is how it's going to play. And the beauty of having Brano, Brano can come in his cover at centre-half if needs be. Fabregas possibly says game up too much in transition which has been the problem and who's the other player we're talking about mine's gone blank Oscar uh, Oscar o- Os- Oscar well he's the marmot man isn't he still don't quite know where he should be playing you know if we got a good offer from somewhere I think he'd probably go to help rebuild the squad I, I think we're looking at the new Chelsea with a 3-4-3
0: and and you know what, Dan? I, I think I think you're right. I, I think we're we're gradually seeing this metamorphosis, uh, you know. From, and I mean, let's be honest, you know, it's the team, it, it, It's still fundamentally. This is kind of like the dying embers of the team that 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 Jose built. Uh, yeah. You know, with with JT still just about around Gary Cahill, I suppose. Gary Cahill
1: was
0: a signing. He was, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're nearly there. We, we've we nearly transitioned on from, from that Mourinho team. I mean, I think the, think the point is, even after Mourinho had gone, they were still playing like a Mourinho team. And let's be honest, we probably would not have won the Champions League had that not been the case. But I think we've all felt for a while, time has to... Yeah, Debs has got it spot on. Mikel is the only other one, I think. Of course, yeah. And yeah. yeah, he bought Branagh, didn't he? But anyway, you know, we're nearly there. And, and, and I think we've all recognised that actually, much as it pains us to say it, and sometimes it can be very sad... We do have to move on, and we do have to change. And I think we may well be seeing the beginning, the beginnings of this. Or as Churchill once said, "It's not what's it?" He said, "Marco, this is not the end. It's not even the beginning of the end. It's the end of the beginning."
1: <laughs> and if we have as half as much success in the next ten years, we'll be very
0: happy. And and I'll tell you what, if it'll be blood, sweat, and tears, and we will fight them on the beaches. You don't get this in every bloody podcast, you know. Let Churchill, God no. Uh, right, um, we've been waffling on far too long, but I was enjoying that, so I thought, well, why not? Uh, plus the fact I know what's coming next, which is lots of boring waffle from me, uh, which will pain me, it'll pain the boys that are with me, and it'll probably most of all pain you lot. Apart from the fact that there's some very interesting and exciting things to talk about uh, in terms of stuff coming up Chelsea-related. Uh, anyway, we'll see you in a sec. fans
2: real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast proper chelsea football fancast.
0: right welcome back i'm stanford chidge and you are listening to the chelsea fancast and i have with me this evening i have the right honorable uh dan silver hello and I have the Lord Privy Seal, which is Mark Worrell. Buona sera. Uh, For the Spanish government, that is. Um, well, Italian <laughs> even. <laughs> my bad. Anyway, um, sorry about this, folks. I do apologise. I've got lots of kind of pluggy-type news to get out. Um, some of you may have noticed that I'm suffering from a holiday cold. Uh, so uh, hopefully my voice will hold up. Okay, it's all going Alan Brazil, isn't it? He's always ill, isn't he? Anyway, uh, enough of that. Right, uh, for those of you who are interested in these things, and so you bloody well should be, because this is not, you know, we've worked hard to make this happen, people. We've worked very, very hard to make this happen. Uh, But the second Kerry and Chidge Chelsea FanCast preview show will be available this Friday. And, of course, we will be previewing the Man United game. Uh, So make sure you download it via Acast, iTunes and SoundCloud when it comes out on Friday. Listen to it, please, because uh Kerry needs your support, and trust me on this is that the more people who listen to this, the more likely Kerry can carry on doing it, so uh it's important that you give it a listen now, I have a suspicion chaps that uh um i'm i will I will talk to Kerry also about that famous matchup at Old Trafford where we won two 0 sometime in the in the late eighties. Kerry scored a brace, didn't he Marco? you remember that
1: um yeah, and did that do we take oh, two
0: penalties? Was that a different match? Yeah, that rings a bell as well. The thing no, is, was the re- real go on, Marco. Sorry, mate.
2: No, no, I was, I was just saying the, the one I remember only because it was 30 years ago. Um, the, the other week was um, when Tony Godden saved two penalties and Kerry scored the winner, and we won 1 0 up there. and I, I, I was at that game, um, which was quite remarkable, really. I was and again, I was reminded of it when Stecklenburg saved two penalties at City at the weekend.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm I'm struggling to remember which match matches. The reason why I'm 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 quite determined to find out whether it was the same match. Well, there you go. I saw Alan May score April the ninth, nineteen eighty-six. Now, you see, the reason why I'm I'm uh, oh, it's it's two possibly two-one. I reckon it is that one. Uh, it, yeah, I reckon it was. The reason I'm, I'm I need to check my facts on this is because, because dear people, dear listeners, I have a suspicion that that is the match. If you've been listening to this podcast since we started it in two thousand and eight, you might remember uh, one of Chell tells tales from the shed, where he revealed that he had been up to see Chelsea beat Man United, and. Uh, he, I think he, I think Tell was quite matey. Was it John McNaughty was matey? So I think it was. Anyway, he he basically got an invite to the players' bar afterwards and uh, got absolutely shit faced. Uh, went, what needed a pee and got lost and ended up pitch side. So he had a piss on the pitch, on the old Old Trafford turf. So I need to check my facts to make sure it is that match because I'm desperately wanting to tell Kerry that that's that's what Chell Tell did and see what his reaction is. Should be fun. Anyway, make sure you tune in, people. Uh, it'll be up on Friday. Now, the other thing, of course, is that uh, don't, uh, um, you know, forget you need to go and buy Kerry's new book, which is called Upfront. It's his biography. It's available on 15, uh, for 15 quid on Amazon, and it is out now, as I said. Uh, now, here's the thing. Um, he's going to be doing uh, all sorts of things in the, in the near and imminent future, the first of which is this which I, I i forgot to mention the last time i was on but on saturday the 12th of november uh he is doing an audience with kerry dixon which is a q a session with kerry hosted by gary chivers there you go that should be fun uh it costs 10 quid it's at the grove in her arms 204 garrett lane london sw eighteen four ed so you can check that out but more importantly and uh talking about segways there's like three on the go here um kerry is going to be our special guest at at the Chelsea Supporters Trust special general meeting this Sunday after the Man United game. Uh, The meeting kicks off at the Atlas Pub. Uh, Somebody who's clever on Mixler will remind me where the Atlas Pub is in a minute. But it's at the Atlas Pub, uh, 6.30pm. Kerry will be signing copies of his new book from 7.30pm. So we'll have the the meeting first for an hour and then we'll do the signing. And he'll do a quick Q&A as well, if possible. Now, you will need to be a Chelsea Supporters Trust member to attend both the meeting and the Kerry Book signing and be warned numbers will be limited. And I think, uh, we will also be, well, obviously we, you know, we've got a limit on the numbers there. So, you know, members only, you can sign up on the door. Debs will tell me if I'm wrong because she's in Mixler at the moment, but that's one to come along to. Uh, now, uh, so just a quick shout-out for the Trust. You can tr- join the Trust and get your voice heard by the club. Pay £5 pounds to become a voting member or free for non-voting members. Sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com so you can attend the meetings, come to the events, and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. Follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S trust. Now, of course, the other thing we're going to be talking about, just a little bit about what we're up to, um, you know, we've got some working groups which we can talk to you about, plus the SGM um, will have the, hopefully, the revealing of the mem- results of the member's survey and, of course, anything current like uh, the West Ham issues at the moment. But anyway, uh, Kerry, well, we will be the last leg in Kerry's kind of triptych that day because, as Mark Barfoot rightly points out on uh, on Mixilla, uh he is also doing an 11am book signing in the Megastore. And, of course, Marco... Um, he is yes, coming to the stall. He is, isn't he? What time is he going to be at the CFC UK stall?
2: Well, I, I expect a, the the time it takes him to walk um, from the mega store at midday to, to the store, which is probably about... Probably take him half an hour, given the fact he'll probably get stopped every two yeah. minutes and ask for photographs and signatures. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely be there, be there so... Yeah, uh, I, he did say 12 I mean I think it's more likely to be 1 o'clock um, I kind so... of took a
0: punt and said half 12 like you but I mean the bottom line yeah. is you can't, if you can't make the 11 o'clock uh, signing at the Megastore or you have a you know, or if going to the Megastore gives you a rash or a panic attack like it does for a lot of my friends uh, then you, if you miss him there you can meet him, more importantly you can meet him with Marco much more fun and uh, possibly he who must not be named uh, and it'll be around 12.30, so you can get the books uh, signed at the stall, and no doubt a photograph. I need to come and get a photograph with him so I can use it on the promoting the bloody podcast we're doing together. That would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Uh, at least meet him and say, thank you, Kerry. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Anyway, so he'll be at the stall from, we reckon, about half 12 to sign copies of the book. Uh, but while you are there, make sure you get yourself a copy of the latest CFC UK. Featuring such literary luminaries as Tim Rolls, Kelvin Barker, Clayton Beerman, Walter Otten, our very own Mark Worrell, and even me. I don't think I come into the bracket of a literary luminary, though. Uh, Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, the CFC UK stall is opposite Fulham Broadway Tube. And uh, Debs uh, has... uh, Yeah, yeah, I did say that he could sign some of the books at the SGM... Two Debs, I think, uh, and talking of which, Debs has informed me that it is uh, 16 Seagrave Road, the Atlas pub, uh, kind of West Brompton, that kind of manner, really, anyway. So do come along to anyone or all three of those. It would be lovely to see you all there. Uh, and just a quick uh, shout-out for the, for the boys in the States who deal with CFCUK. If you can't get it at the store, which not everybody can, you can get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow Twitter account at CFCUKUSA, or as they say over there, CFCUKUSA. And if anyone is interested in getting it, uh, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at DLundberg underscore. Marvellous. Now, as I said, uh, oh, yes, quick mention, I must say this, uh, a massive, massive, massive thanks to He Who Must Not Be Named, a.k.a. DJ DJ. For helping out my two uh, American mates last Saturday. Very, very much appreciated. Okay, on with the plugaroonies. Uh, CPO, if you want a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea Pitch Owners, who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge forever. Uh, and to find out how to buy a share for 100 quid or so, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and you can follow them on twitter at pitch owners now for those of you who have been uh, listening to uh to the show for uh most of this season you will know that we have been engaged in a very very fun competition called fan duel uh which oh, is where oh. i i come absolutely bottom of the pile because i'm shit uh, and Dan and Mark do very very well and win money. Is this not true, boys? I'm actually. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm currently I'm currently winning
2: a tenner and I've and I've still got the points to come from whatever Smalling and Pogba bring in tonight. But I, I have to say my my this is my team for this week. So Grant of Stoke in goal Smalling, uh, Martin Zindy of Stoke, and Alonso of Chelsea, and then a midfield quintet. How about this for a midfield? Eden Hazard, David Silva, Paul Pogba, Junior Stanislas, and um, Joe Allen. And Stanislas actually got me 67 points um, on his own, and Allen got 56 on his own. Phenomenal. And I got Alexis Sanchez and Diego Costa up front. It's not a bad team, that really, is
0: it? Not bad at all. So, uh, so how are you doing, Mark? Are you got you you're on a tenor at the moment, are you? I'm on
2: a tenor at the moment. Um, maybe maybe I'll get more. I don't well, know. I
0: mean, I I didn't enter it because, of course, I was away. I was flying back at the time. I had to put the team in, or you know, it was all a bit too complicated. Um, Dan, how, how are you doing this week? Uh, yeah.
1: next question. No, quite okay. badly. I um, I the port- yeah, hundred forty-one.
0: 149 points. OK, Scott, that must... Yeah. You, you, yeah, you must be well well down the list then with that. Yeah, I'm, da- I'm
1: <laughs> down the very standard this week.
0: Yeah, not to mention mine. Well, I've got some very sad news for you people, actually. I don't know what it is, whether we, we... I don't know whether we plugged it badly, wrongly or whatever, or our listeners are A, useless, B, disinterested, or C, have used the wrong bloody promo code. But apparently we have... Uh, having had a stunning start for the first month we ran it uh we've had an appall we've had a shocker for the second burst of fan jewels so they're basically saying that's it no more no more fan jewels for you guys oh really yeah look look you've let your your almost reduced Marco and Dan to tears by this statement What, well, we can't play it anymore Well you, you you don't get it for free mate
2: oh I see we've got to put money in oh, delete that I'll
1: delete the app now
0: no. Bit Bitter much. No, I mean, they basically... I mean, look, you know, we, we, we get involved and we run it, obviously, but it, it's it's all about them getting sign-ups, and if we haven't got enough, then they'll say, sod off. Yeah, kind of fair mean. enough. Well, I mean, to be fair, fair that is fair enough. That's kind of how it works. Um, But I have to say, I mean, you know, there's no reason why you should stop stop playing it. It is a good
2: game. I mean, I, I, I don't mind giving it a, I, I mean, I've, I've won a ten of most weeks, so... Yeah. Not
0: unhappy. No, I mean, it is generally great fun. And i and I tell you what um, evinced that more than anything was the fact that I'm, I was down by the stall uh, mucking around with you lot when Martin Wickham came up to me and said, Chichich, I've finally done it. And he just shows me his phone and he showed me the shocker of a team he'd picked for Fanjul. And and I, it is fun. It generally is fun. We've had a lot of laughs with it. And I hope you lot out there too. I mean, look, don't stop on our account. If you if you love it, keep getting involved. It's it's no it's no bit, Yeah, and there we go. You see, proof. If proof were needed, bloody Paul Burgess. Much as I love him, has actually fessed up. He says I didn't do the promo code. Well, that's why we can't do it anymore. You see, you were supposed to enter the promo code so that they think that we're all wonderful, unbelievable, unbelievable. But as I said, it's great fun. Do it anyway. I mean, we've enjoyed it and hopefully we'll carry on doing it anyway for a laugh. Uh, Now, just a little bit of blurb about FanDuel, which goes something like this. Uh, You select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures. So you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, you can watch and you can win money if you're good enough, unlike me. uh, And you can do it all in one day. Now, you can play for free or you can put your own money on the line for some bigger payouts. And as Marco's already said, he wins a ton of most weeks. Uh, Fanju was designed by football fans like us, and well, clearly not like me, because it was designed by football fans who know how to play the game. But anyway, it's powered by Opta Stats, which kind of makes it a little bit more interesting because it's more than just about the goals or the assists or the clean sheets. So every pass, interception, every tackle—they've all got big implications. Now you get a hundred million pounds to spend on your team, and uh, but you know, it, and that, that's it. You pick pick uh, who you think is going to do you the business. As simple as that. Now. Um, this week's competition is the 5000 pound fan favourite so it's a fiver to entry as always. Now, when you sign up, in fact actually, do you know what? This would be hilarious this week. Uh, you know, if you lot if 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 30 of you out there, if just 30 of you out there join this week, okay, then jewel would have to eat their words and they'd have to have us back. That sounds like a great idea, doesn't it folks? You know, just 30 of you. If 30 of you signed up this week uh, and you get your money back, you can't lose because they've got this special offer that basically refunds your entry fee if it's the first time that you've signed up. So there we go. So remember, sign up using the promo code. Unlike Paul Burgess, you use the promo code Chelsea fan, which means you can get one of those special offers, you get your entry fee refunded, and then we get to carry on playing the game. How about that? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a great idea. Now, you must be 18 or over to enter and based in the UK. Please play responsibly. Now, uh, (laughs) Tony Glover's just said, uh, if Marco sold his teams for five quid, then we could all win a tenner and he'd be even better off. (laughs) 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 That's quality. I like that. Okay, now, Paul Burgess, who you heard from a minute ago... Uh, has also asked me about futsa that's very good timing of you paul because uh things are still happening with futsa uh which so for those of you who don't remember or don't know it's basically uh kind of a mix between twitter and periscope and it enables me to run a a kind of a live chat via video phone and you can ask questions and i can talk nonsense for a little bit um i think uh i did it uh at the begin or before the match at halftime at the end of a match i can't remember the game now um, maybe was it Swansea? We played. Yeah, it was Swansea. Liverpool. It was Liverpool? Was it Liverpool? Home. No, no. Yeah, it was, yeah we night. did. Yeah, we we did. We did one in the pub, which didn't work so well for obvious reasons. Although I'd like to do a, do one again in the pub. I mean, if we'd have done one in the pub on on Saturday, Dan, it would have been just ridiculous, wouldn't it? Beat you know, all those beep Chelsea.
1: Beat 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 Chelsea.
0: Yeah, but we had we had all those people we were bumping into. I mean, Cun, I, I bumped into Cundy. Uh yeah. Lawrence Bonavia from the Beautiful Game was there. We had Michael guy Roban there. I mean, everybody uh, was there. The guy from You're,
1: madness. The guy from madness. Oh, Bushers was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Everybody was there. That would have been it, and 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 I was extremely pissed, which would, would have made it very entertaining. Uh, but that said, yes, we'd love to do them in the pub. But I, I have to say, I think it worked quite well when I did it when I was watching the game at home. <laughs> Because it was just a little bit easier to do, but it, it's good fun, and those who joined in enjoyed it. From from what I understand, Paul certainly. Uh, there we go, Leicester League Cup. Well done, Paul. Um, yeah, he enjoyed it. Anyway, all you have to do follow at Project FTBL, or and or at F O O T S R on Twitter. For updates and then download the app from the Apple App Store. Um, I'm reliably informed that an Android version will be available soon. Um, I know that they're working on that so keep abreast of that and I will keep you up to date on that and also post on Twitter when we next plan to do a chat. Now, thankfully I can go and have a lie down after far too much talking and I can make somebody else do the work in a minute. We've got a couple of emails and then if we have time, which we might do, uh, we can have a couple of questions from you. If not, we get to go home early. It's that simple. We'll be back in a second. Fans,
2: real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast.
1: Up the Chelsea FootballFancast.com
0: F- Right, welcome back. I'm Steph Chidge, and uh, you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and I'm joined uh, this week. Uh, my first, after a little sojourn in uh, North America, which was highly enjoyable, uh, I'm joined by Dan Silver, evening, who I introduce as my right-hand man to uh, Michael Roban when we we met him on Saturday, didn't I? Yeah,
1: he's good. good. He and his wife, he and his wife, are lovely. We really lovely. Like are they lovely? Yeah. yeah.
0: I did. A, I did a podcast with Michael uh, in 2009 in the Fox and Hounds in Studio City. There you go. And do you know who else was on there, Dan? Uh, that's a rhetorical question because I'm going to tell you the answer anyway. The other guest was Paul Crowder, who Mark knows. Uh, and yeah, yeah uh, Crowderville and uh, and would you believe it, Steve Cohen um, who, who ran that podcast out there and then got, got hunted down by the Scousers for saying for crimes against Scousers basically so looking back on it, quite a controversial podcast really, but Michael and Paul were on there and they were great value anyway, enough of me warbling on, uh, we've also got as i said, we've got Mark Worrell uh, esteemed Chelsea author who's written some of my favourite ever Chelsea books um, who writes every month for the cfc uk fanzine and in fact i can share with mark that he's probably the second article i read after my own which is quite a compliment really and uh <laughs> he also he also writes some great uh articles every week for espn uh their football website so do check those out um we've answered that question tony sorry i'm leaping off into uh into into mixler chat room of course there are many many people in, in the Mixler chat room as always great to see them in the that's a good question, Tony, but I think we've answered that to come up with a better one. Okay, right. Now, we've got a couple of great emails, as I said before the break, which uh, Dan and Marco are going to read out, and uh, and then hopefully, if we have time, if you've got any decent questions, not ones that we've already answered, we will try and answer them for you. All right, off you go, Dan.
1: Yeah, the first email is from a chap called Ryan Aylott. Hi, my name is Ryan Alott. I've been listening for about a year now, and I really enjoy the show. Unfortunately, I've not been to a game for years now. Just can't afford with the five kids and the wife. Lots of laughs. But when I listen to you lot, it makes me feel like I've been. And now the final show of Kerry, I'm a sport for choice. I see Kerry around my way a bit as I'm from Dunstable. That's where he lives. Just emailing in to see what you think is the best way of getting on a couple of tickets because I promised myself I will see my beloved team this season. Thanks for the show. Come on, your Blues. Ryan.
0: Uh, excellent email i think uh and yeah. lovely to hear from you ryan and uh, i'm delighted you like the kerry show i, I mean you know as far as i mean this is something mark will understand because i know he's done a bit of work with kerry um but to work with somebody who's one of your your boyhood idols is just like dying and go to heaven you have to pinch yourself to like believe that it's <coughs> happening don't you mark
2: sorry misty was just coming in to say good night Oh, well we
0: can interrupt for Misty. But <laughs> night, night, Misty.
2: Uh, she's already run off. Oh, she's
0: gone? Um, yes, Misty. no, no, I mean... I'm... Did somebody oh. say my name? Yeah. Say <laughs> <laughs> hello, everyone. Hello. Say Hello,
2: Misty. Up the chills. Up the chairs. Good night. You've got a burglar in your nose. Ugh.
0: Go and give it to Mummy. <laughs> OK. Bye. And I'm
2: going to put it on her head. All right.
0: <laughs> well, <lovely. laughs> the joy of children... Um yeah Mark I was just saying that if you get to work with Kerry who's like a, a childhood idol boyhood teenage idol whatever it's it's mental isn't it and you have to pinch yourself to think is that you know is this happening is this for real Yeah exactly yeah I mean
2: yeah and he's just like a really approachable lovely fella as well so you know I mean I know I, you know what's what's interesting about um players like Kerry and, and you know a lot of the players from that generation and and the previous one are all quite approachable and you you know you see them bobbing around um Pullen Broadway, Broadway uh, come to the stall or whatever you know canners is another one paul cannaville um and you sort of wonder um, you know will will any of the of the players of the 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 uh millennials, should we say, or whatever you want to call them, will, will we ever see them um, forming the same kind of uh, affinities with with supporters? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. Not. Yeah,
0: it would be yeah. easy. It would be very easy to just say no, wouldn't it, Marco? But I think it would. It, time will Are be it, the, would, the judge I, of that. I'd sort of like to think that
2: I don't know. Lamps and JT would um, still. Uh, you know, show their faces and have, have that rapport with the fans um, in, in 10, 15 years' time or 20 years' time. Um, who knows? Who knows?
0: Yeah. Mark uh, Mark has just mentioned, actually, talking about that, uh, Marco. we Pat was on the tube talking to people after the game on Saturday. So that kind of proves the point, doesn't it? He's yeah, another exactly. lovely lad. And, and I mean, it, him and Kerry were my absolute heroes in the 80s i i I, you know particularly pat actually i mean i love kerry for all the obvious reasons but pat particularly because i as you know marco i was very much into my punk and new wave and he was a footballer who was different who was intelligent who who loved the music that i loved and it was just like all my birthdays came at once really you know so the day I met Pat Nevin was a special day. I have to say, lovely, lovely bloke. Um, now going back to Ryan's question, it's a good question he asked. Actually, what, what, Dan, what do you think the best way of getting tickets is? I mean, I, I've got an answer or two, but it'd be interesting to hear what you yeah.
1: think. I'm, I'm guessing happy for a, a League Cup home game. And the next one I could get past West Ham, and be a good shirt because it's pretty easy to get tickets. Um, I, I can't think of anything else off, off the top of my head. Um, we could ask our wonderful listeners if they can help out with some spares.
0: Well, there is always that. I mean, the the, the yeah. you know the the official answer because we're, we're not allowed to say uh, anything unofficial, really. But the official answer, Ryan, is I think the best way to do it is all the you know because I, I I get where you're coming from. You know, shelling out a lot of money for a season ticket for people for many people is just not an option these days. Um, I, I I know personally how difficult it is to find the money for that. Um, so that if you want to get access to tickets, probably the easiest thing to do is become a member, because I think, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think that's about 30 quid, isn't it, to become a member? Silence. Yes.
2: I'm not, I'm not sure what it is now. It's really
0: uh, yeah. 25 quid, Mark Barford said. Well done. Uh, yeah, you know, become a member, because at least that will get you, you know, in the game, as it were. I mean, you have to, like, duck and dive with everybody else in the virtual waiting room for tickets, but at least you'll get some access. Um, and as Dan said, I mean, there are cheaper games. I mean, the, the League Cup games, providing we get a home draw, providing we beat West Ham, they tend to be a bit cheaper, possibly the FA Cups as well. So there are there are opportunities. But that that officially is the best way to do it. And, of course, if you're a member, as far as I'm aware, you can also get access to the ticket exchange. And that's actually a pretty good way of getting tickets because, you know, quite quite often every match you know a lot of season ticket holders ping their tickets back in there and you can buy them for face value give or take in there and that can be quite a good way of doing it so you know frankly the best thing to do really ryan is to shell out 30 quid 25 quid to, to become a member and then that'll get you into the process and then you know it's kind of every man for himself but do your best uh, unofficially um if you get us at the right time sometimes we can find the odd spare kicking around so you know where i am email me again and We'll see what we can do, but I can't obviously make any promises for that. Um, and if if I if I you know delivered on everybody that asked, it, you know I'd, I'd spend my life doing that, and I'd probably never go to a game myself because people will get my ticket. But there you go. Uh, the official way is probably the best for now, but do keep in touch. It'd be lovely, you know. I, I feel for people like you who have been denied access to Stanford Bridge, and as uh, speaking with my supporters' trust chairman Hatton, it's one of the things that pisses me off most. And one of the things that I would like to change uh, as much as I can while I'm in that hot seat, because I'm really cross about the way that so many, what I would call proper Chelsea fans, have been priced out of, of watching the team they love, because I think it's grossly unfair. Anyway, that's me on my soapbox, and I'm about to get off it, because Marco's got the next email.
2: Yeah, email from Daniel Cabral. Uh, Hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. Um, Hi, Chidge and the boys. I'm a long-term listener and a lifelong Chelsea fan, and I'm looking for help and support from the Chelsea family. 11 years ago, my mum, Sally Ann Babb suddenly passed on the 20th of April, 2005, and it broke my heart. She was my best friend, my go-to person, and for the quick thinkers among us, that was just before Chelsea won our first title in 50 years. With the Bolton game being the day after her funeral, and probably first time I smiled, laughed, and enjoyed myself since her passing. She was never the biggest football fan, and actually fell asleep at her first Chelsea game <laughs> against Wolves in the East Upper. She always blamed the GNTs and the August sun. I'm not so sure myself, but she saw the joy my dad and I got from watching Chelsea and eventually became a fan. She enjoyed many of the victory parades we've experienced since the 90s and was sure that Vialli waved to her outside the Duke on Parsons Green after the Villa FA Cup final win in 2000. But she never got to experience the joy of seeing us lift the league after enjoying and watching our 2004-2005 campaign. And I'll never forget the hug I gave my dad When the final whistle blew and we won the league, and saying Mum would have loved this. Ever since, scroll down here, ever since she passed, I've tried to make Mum proud. And one thing I'm proud of is the fundraising activities I've organised and taken part in to raise money for the Stroke Association in her memory. Since her passing, I reckon I've raised four to five thousand pounds and i'm continuing my fundraising activities by running next year's london marathon she was an avid watcher of the marathon and always took joy in watching the fundraisers i think of no better way to make her proud i'm aiming to raise three thousand five hundred pounds for the stroke association and i'm calling on the chelsea family for some help in achieving my target any donation would be appreciated and is a massive motivation to keep up my training you can donate at uh, www.justgiving.com fundraising, sorry, forward slash fundraising, forward slash Thomas hyphen Babs. Uh, that's T H O M A S B A B B S. I can be contacted and followed on Twitter at Tom Babs and Instagram at Tom Babs. Um, which is T-O-M-B-A-B-B-S. Thank you for reading my email and any donations up the Chelsea, Tom Babs.
0: Wow, that's a a heartfelt email and and I think very, very well put, Marco. Um, I think, yeah, absolutely. We should do everything we can to support uh, Tom. Uh, Shall I just read out that um, giving page again? uh it's justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash thomas hyphen babs b-a-double-b-s and you can I'm follow on sure twitter sorry, sorry mate. i'm not sure if you
2: made a little miss there's a there's a because it said email to daniel cabral but obviously the,
0: the oh, email made, relates me, to yeah that's me being shit with the script editing mate oh i see <laughs> yeah. If I ever write a book for you, this is something you'll have to put up with a lot. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to polo- get my apologies in early. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, you can donate, uh, which sounds like a wonderfully worthwhile cause, and anybody whose mum falls asleep when Chelsea play Wolves has my support, uh, or more to the point because she blamed the G&Ts and the August Sun, so it's a very worthy cause. Justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Thomas hyphen Babs, B S, and you can follow him at Tom Babs on Twitter and at Tom Babs Instagram. So good luck with that. We'll try and do uh, as much as we can to help Tom. I'm sure our people who are listening will do the very same. Now, um, I was going to say, I was gonna, well, just before we go in, because we do have a few questions, I'll need to scroll down and find them. We've got about five or ten minutes left. Um, but Marco, I got a brilliant uh, um, email, a tweet from Eddie McCready 1977. Who we both know very well and uh he informs us uh that fifteen of Eddie scored scored in nineteen seventy six. Oh yeah, 77. Back there. yeah, yeah. They came through the juniors. So how about that? Those were the days, eh? Eddie McCready's blew in my army. All right, now, as I said, we do have questions. Bear with me while I prattle on and try and find them. Um but uh, here we go. This is quite uh this was quite a good one. Um but I think Paul Burgess asked here we go no Tony Glover he's ch- Tony's tried again and he's asked a question uh which deserves an answer and it also means that I get to talk about Sabatini which I didn't have time to do earlier but he says do we actually need a director of football which I'd like to broaden out as to the rumors about Sabatini being wanted by Conte as our director of football and I shall I shall go to you first Dan while I allow Marco's voice to come back Tony,
1: do we do I mean, what, what do they do? I mean, they...
0: They but, direct football, Dan. Yeah. That's um, question.
1: i listened you know, I always, you know, he's, he's the, you know, the target of all the fans' eye for everything that goes wrong with Chelsea. Um, bringing somebody else in uh, may appease the fans, but they're doing the same job. They're, they've all got targets lined up. It's just a different person in the chair. Um, I personally think this is one of these new, kind of newfangled... You know, invent the premiership let's create a director of football because I don't remember these in the 80s when we were just have normal football where it didn't really exist so if, if he's got a great book of contacts he can pick up a couple of really outstanding players from nowhere then yeah absolutely you've only got to look at my biggest argument with us is we don't you know we, why have we not found a better in or player like that yet those are the sort of players you want to pick up and if he can bring in a couple of players like that then yeah
0: absolutely go for it Marco what do you reckon mate? Well,
2: I think the best thing about Sabatini being mentioned in dispatches this week was it reminded me what a fox Gabriella Sabatini was. (laughs) Um, And uh, I saw a picture of which I actually tweeted of of Sabatini, which made me laugh, where he he looked like he'd just come out of a nightclub at four in the morning with a a pack of red marlborough and a fag in one hand and a ropey lighter. And, um, you know, he's kind of got... I think he's younger than me and he's got more face lines in his face than a relief map of Scotland. Um, Yeah, director of football, you know, what's that all about? It's it's jobs for the boys, isn't it, as far as um, Emanalo's concerned. Uh, And, you know, looking at, I don't know, looking at Sabatini's CV, you know, here's a man who utilised funds to purchase players like (laughs) Javinio.
0: <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, you You're know, not going so well, Marco. Until you told me that. I
2: guess, I guess he's obviously a mate of Antonio Conte's, and that, and that's all well and good. Um, would he do anything different to uh, Emanalo? Well, it, I mean, clearly he's got his football pedigrees better than Emanalo's, but looking at what he's achieved. I don't know Uh, it's not it doesn't like make you think wow this guy's uh, you know I I think we should have the director of football at Southampton to be honest with you yeah that's a good point
1: Um, isn't it yeah he's just at Spurs now Paul
2: Mitchell look at the teams that develop their players and buy well Um, they're the guys that you know they're the guys that you should look
0: at hiring Um, I don't know I don't know I, I think, know, uh, exactly. I, think I, I think all all I have to say about this, as Forrest Gump might say, is that I think he looks really moody, Marco. Judging from the picture, oh, he does. Yeah. Or, you know, you know. <laughs> so what? <laughs> he looks like he's, he's he looks like he's had too many limoncellos to me. I like the look of him, mate. You know, with a oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know,
2: he looks like a Western gunslinger, doesn't he? So he does. He,
0: he? he does. I like the look of. him. I mean, it's very difficult because you know I think the, the reality is none of us really you know know or understand what it is that uh, Emanalo does I mean I, I, I've always been quite bemused by his seemingly lack of uh, gravitas I think in the football world and wonder how that plays and I mean for example I, I, I have a friend who has a friend who actually knows Michael Emanalo very well and has worked with him and said he is highly highly regarded both by the club in terms of what he does and beyond the club so You know, what do we know? I I think a lot of the message gets uh, confused and mixed with the media and how they represent it and and our presumptions therein. The reality is that we just don't know. Um, But quite frankly, I would do anything to keep Conte happy right now because I think he's doing a good job. Now, uh, I think final question of the evening. Uh, Paul, Paul has asked kind of two questions, really, which I will... I will try and roll into one and broaden out a bit. But uh, first of all, he says, do we think Costa wanted to prove a point to Jose? Uh, Well, I think, does he want to prove a point to Jose on Sunday after arguing with Conte that he wanted to come off? And I think there's a few players who will want to ruin Jose's welcome back on Sunday, can you name any? I think first up, I'd like to kind of roll into that, what we thought uh, about that. Because, you know, I, I have to be honest, I didn't see that Costa was... Saying to Conte that he wanted to come off, which annoys me because it's not up to him to make that decision. secondly, I also spent most of the second half thinking, why don't you take Costa off? we've won the game we don't want him to get a yellow card and miss man united so can I kind of bundle all of those together and i'll I'll, I'll hit mark you 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 look like you're champing at the bit so far away
2: um I don't know yeah i I, I didn't I wasn't aware of the Costa thing until somebody sort of mentioned it um, on Twitter to me when, I, when I'd said I was doing the ratings for ESPN and it was a toss-up between um, Kante and Costa uh, as to, you know, Man of the Match. Um, and then I, I watched, I wasn't in a fit state to watch Match of the Day on <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> you so I watched it, yeah. I had a drink when I got home eventually. Um so I watched it on Sunday morning and I thought, yeah, you know, very, uh, quite strange behaviour. Um, I think what, what happened, what actually happened apparently was um, Costa didn't lay a ball off when he, when he should have done and Conte went mental at him. So he then, from the, from the technical area, so Costa signalled to him to take him off. Um, was my understanding of the incident, um, having, having sort of watched it on TV and and the discussion that followed. So I don't know if he was asking to come off because he didn't want to get a book in. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think Conte, you know, I don't think... Mourinho always used to say that about Costa, didn't he? You know, he just wants him to play his normal game. And if, you know, if he gets booked and... Um, gets into trouble, then then so, mm. that, that that's life. Uh, I think it's good that he's playing against United. I, I don't, yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know, you, you know, where those players' heads are at when it comes to Mourinho, um, and it'll be interesting to see if any of them put their heads above the parapet in the media. This week uh, before the game, and I, I, can't, I mean, Costa doesn't really do it. It's normally the Belgians, isn't it? That, uh,
0: Only I, Belgians. <laughs> yeah.
2: Maybe maybe we'll get some quotes from um, Hazard this week uh, via the the, the the Belgian press um, <laughs> in respect of Mourinho. Definitely be interesting. I mean, from from what I'm just following the Liverpool United game on the BBC text service, and it sounds um, a poor spectacle, exactly as Jose Mourinho planned it, no doubt. (laughs) Liverpool have had 80% of the possession and United have just stifled them. So I think that's what we can expect next uh, on Sunday, maybe. There we
0: go. I I did say earlier it would be very ironic if Mourinho comes to (laughs) Stamford Bridge, the home of the bus. But there we go. Dan, uh, what, what are your feelings on all of that? Um, I, think Costa, I think
1: Conte made himself. I'm the boss. I, I make the rules. He's having absolutely none of it. He's telling Costa, just get on with it. I think Costa went on for too long. You know, I don't mind two or three seconds. But then it was like ten, fifteen, twenty seconds of continuous history on it. He said, no, nope, stay on, Behave yourself. It, it wasn't the sort. Of, it wasn't a dirty game. The, the centre half weren't winding him up. They weren't kicking him. They weren't trying to, you know, get him right So he, he had. If he did get booked, would bloody stupid. Because yeah, neither quite. Morgan nor Huth were antagonistic. Mm. And he just has to learn to control himself. He's a, he's a 27-year-old, 28-year-old footballer. He knows what's at stake next week. He's got a point to prove. He you behaved himself. You don't get asked to get pulled off because you're worried about what you might do. I don't believe he had any injuries because he was running around quite freely. And so oh, do, right. you, do, you,
0: do you think a few of the players um, are going to you know, have something to prove against Mourinho? And, and, and if so, who do you think will, will be making those points, Dan?
1: Uh, well, Hazard, definitely. Uh, I think after the Leicester game when he was, you know, professionally embarrassed by, by commerce, I think Hazard will have a point to prove. I think, I think they all will. I think whatever happened last season, it's such a really nasty taste in the mouth. And Matic, again, you expect him to have a eight or nine out of ten performance because he was one of the ones who was, um, you know, vilified. Also, just for professional pride, they're, 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 they're rivals. You want to keep irrespective of who's in the other dugout we going to put in a great performance. It's extra spice because Mourinho's back. But I expect whoever, whoever we're playing, our, our team to give 100%. Yeah, and too to, right. To, to get, I, get
0: the best yeah. result. Spot on, mate. I couldn't agree more with that. I do I do hope, actually, because I hadn't even <coughs> thought about this before before Paul raised that question. But, you know, I do hope, actually, it does stoke a few of them up, you know, because if it's stoked a few of them up, we might get a really good performance out of them. And I think we'll need to play well to beat United next week. I really do. As Marco was saying earlier, and yourself, Dan, <laughs> Um whether we like it or not, it'll be quite a test. Anyway, um before we go, I just wanted to add um we do love to get your emails, uh and we will always try and read them out on the show. So send them to Chelsea at fan t- bloody hell, I've got brains gone tonight, let alone my teeth. Chelsea <laughs> fancast at gmail dot com and if you can do it before Monday, um you've got more of a chance of getting them in you know, past lunchtime on a Monday. I've usually done everything, so um, it'll be too late. So get them in before Monday if you can. Right. That is all we've got time for this week. Uh, We'll be back next Monday, the 24th of October, to discuss the very same Man United game we've just been discussing. Um, But before all of that, don't forget to download the next Chelsea Fancast preview show with one Kerry Dixon, um, which will be uh, released uh, to download this Friday, October the 21st. And as I said, we'll be previewing the Man United game and I'll probably you know dig or, dig one or two uh previous Man United games that Kerry starred and excelled in and hopefully it'll be the one that Cheltel pissed on the pitch afterwards and that would be a bonus. Um right, do not forget to follow the show uh, on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Dan at DanSilves73, and Mark at gate seventeen marco. And of course check out the website Chelseafancast.com Now, last, but by no means least, Uh, don't forget, you've got to go and vote Chelsea FanCast as best football podcast in the football blogging awards. Uh, Get your mum, your friends, your family, your pet uh, snake, uh, the pet pig. I don't care what animal it is, but get them to bloody well vote, particularly if they're called Rosie. Was it Rosie 73 or something? Harry's dog? Yeah, Rosie. Yeah, the one that signed his tax returns um but anyway anybody you can get get all of your mates everybody to vote um it's really important uh, we've got to beat the scousers they are going to be a tough nut to crack um anyway go to footballbloggingawards.co.uk and you can also vote um on on twitter and i've already told you how to do that but it'll be on our twitter feed on uh, at chelsea fancast on how to vote on twitter so it's quite easy um as far as I'm aware, I think the voting finishes in a couple of weeks, pretty much the end of October. So we've got a couple of weeks to beat the Scousers. Make it happen, people. Make it happen. Right. Many thanks to my wonderful guests this week, who have been the fantastic Dan Silver. It's
1: been a pleasure, as always.
0: Mm, good to speak to you. Um, it was great to see you on Saturday, actually, Dan. I mean, Yeah. Was, yeah we, had a, really we were having deep. a cracking time in the boozer. Um, I carried on having a cracking time in the boozer after long after you'd yeah. gone, actually, but there you go. I just speak, speak to my mate, and he said...
1: Proper Charles, proper Saturday, really enjoyable. That kind of sums it up.
0: Was that Adam? No, uh,
1: Paul, the, uh, the guy with the beard.
0: Oh, the... um, Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, wasn't it? It was great fun, as always. Uh, Mark, as always, uh, lovely to see you on Saturday at the stall, and uh, lovely to have you on the show. Always a pleasure having you on, mate. Cheers,
2: buddy. Enjoyed it, and uh, no doubt see you next Sunday.
0: Indeed, I shall be looking forward to that. Well, I'll definitely come to the stall and say hello to Kerry and stuff, but... Uh, yeah. Ooh. Also, don't forget, I, I, I will, I like you, will be listening to the Gary Crowley Punk and New Wave show. Uh, so I shall be looking forward to your fourth shout out in fourth weeks, Marco. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it, it, it's, it's, he's not doing it tomorrow, is he? Oh, he's think. not. So
0: I won't. No, he won't. We won't get to hear your dulcet. You, you're definitely <laughs> Gary Crowley's best mate at the moment, mate. I'm jealous. <laughs> Quality. He's a boomer, he isn't he? A Palace fan, I believe. Oh, Palace. Yeah, he's a Palace fan, I think. He does like his football, but I don't think he's that fussy because he clearly, I mean, I've actually had a, I've had a tweet read out on that show as Stanford Chidge. So, you know, I don't don't think he has an ax to grind. Otherwise he would have ignored it. Although he got his mate, Jim Lahat, to read it out. who completely northed up the pronunciation of everything. It was quite funny. Anyway, (laughs) enough of my waffle. Uh, Great to have Dan and Mark on the show. Um, Sorry about Jonathan. My fault for not scheduling Things before I went away. Um, hopefully, the mad loon and actor will be back with us next week. So, thank you, you lot out there, for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it chel- uh, carefree, and keep it chill. Up the chill! See you next week.